You're listening to The Quad, a Killjoys podcast. My name is Chris. And I'm Annie. We're talking about the seventh episode of season two of Killjoys, Heart-Shaped Box. While we will talk about anything and everything from the episode, there won't be any spoilers for future episodes. Let's get started with our quick reviews. I thought this episode had some humorous lines and bits that I enjoyed, but overall it really took a darker turn than the show usually does, with the decline of Sabine and Dutch being forced to execute her, and there was a lot of stuff about this episode I found pretty upsetting, like Dutch torturing Sabine and Sabine beheading another six, and again, not elements of the show I really enjoy. But uh, I thought Luke had a great performance this week with portraying Davin's anguish and more mysteries around Double Dutch. And then there's Johnny working against the company on his own, and, and he's been captured. It was a very stressful episode. What about you, Chris? I feel like I need to sit with this episode for a few more days or possibly wait and see what happens next week, you know, before I can form a real opinion about it. I liked a lot of the elements in it. There were some really funny lines, some really funny mm-hmm. moments, but I just, I'm not sure how I feel about it as a whole. Like you were talking about, yeah, it was really violent this week. I don't particularly like it when shows are really violent. Like I just, I don't, I don't like violence. It bothers me. And, you know, I liked the twist they had with Sabine being a six, especially after the conversation we were having last episode. Like I just, yeah. That that whole ending just upset me so deeply. So it's like, oh, that's at least a clever twist. And I don't know why I didn't figure out that that's what was going on. Because okay. Chris has been right every single point this season. But your, I totally, I totally missed it. And <laughs> uh, yeah, like, me too. I don't know why I missed that. Like, I just, I guess my mind was not there. Like, I wasn't thinking about that as even a possibility, <laughs> which I should know better at this point, I suppose. But anyway... But yeah, the way they resolved that storyline this episode also bothered me. Like you were talking about having yeah. Dutch killer, even though Sabine was like, do it, please. I just... Uh, Still, what happened? I was like, what? Swear word. Yeah. I know, because they had a moment like that last season with Joe, right? And granted, Dutch has more of a connection to Big Joe than she has to Sabine. But still, I liked the way that resolved in last season, right? Because Big Joe is like, you know, do it, Dutch. I want I want it to be you, the one who does this. And Dutch just can't. She doesn't have it in her. And so Fancy Lee kills him. Mm-hmm. But yeah. here, Dutch does do it. And granted, there's that exchange with Davin, where they sort of acknowledge that they don't know that she's actually dead. Yeah, yeah. And Dutch is like, I wanted to give her a chance. Which, uh, she shot her in the head, though. I know. It's, yeah. It just, yeah, it bothers me. And I'm not sure how to feel about any of it. Moving on to the actual plot of the episode. It starts off, there is more of the Dutch and Alvis sexy times. Yay! I could hear Stephanie's voice in my head going, Yay! And, and going, me going, cue the sex music. And anyway. <laughs> oh, so Dutch coming into the monastery. And I was like, ooh, I like that costume. She did look very, very good. But yeah, then she has that dream nightmare vision thing of of double Dutch, as we've been calling her. Dark Dutch. Possibly Anila. I don't know. Slashing Elvis's throat. 
which double it, Dutch disturbing. Takes some really inconvenient times to come up. But then uh, apparently Johnny has tracked down this Artura Sendak, who is apparently the one responsible for designing the walls, like the walls that go around all the cities. And he's found her in Old Town, which I thought was kind of interesting and made me think of that whole thing about how like pyramid designers would be walled into the pyramid. Oh, yeah. Disturbing. I have Sendak. It's not Sendak. It's Sendak. I knew that wasn't right. <laughs> <laughs> but while Johnny's trying to to reason with Sendak, he's interrupted by Davin, who... <sighs> I got sure, so frustrated with Davin at the beginning of this episode because he was just like sitting there. Granted, he's well, freaking out. I okay. would have been freaking out, too. But, but I mean, he's he's lingered long enough that he's put pants on. <laughs> but no shirt, of and course. he's just kind of, like, staring at her, though. And I'm just like, get help, you dummy! <laughs> he did! Which, he was just taking he a minute. Eventually, I with him. But, but, of course, he's not going to put on a shirt. I'm like, put on a shirt! Oh, it's Devin. But that's <laughs> less important. Like, go get help! Don't just stand there and stare at her! Come on! <laughs> but anyway, he does. He gets Johnny, and Johnny basically confirms that she's not dead. And so at least there's that. <laughs> Which is good, because I thought she was a goner. Yeah. But then they decide that the thing they need to do is put her in a bag, which leads to a like weirdly hilarious scene with Dutch. <laughs> that was one of my favorite things about the episode. Like I felt so for guilty me, was- for finding it so funny, though. But it was just the way Hannah John Common interpreted the line. Johnny, why are you bringing me Sabine in a bag? <laughs> oh, it was like, it was quite well written and quite well delivered. But, <laughs> and then the, the comment about girl in a bag territory, which is going to be a go-to phrase for me from now on. <laughs> it's girl in a bag territory. Come on. <laughs> oh, man. It's like, I like that line that Johnny had. Why don't you learn to holster that thing? I'm all, huh? That thing must be pretty powerful. <laughs> <laughs> weakened her somehow. Well, dang, what if Davin got up his pants? But <laughs> it's just me. <sighs> oh, so, Annie. But so it was Davin's interaction and how he's got some kind of power over the goo. That's what weakened Sabine. Yeah, made her reveal herself as a six. Okay, this is something we've seen over and over again, right? I mean, with the mossipedes. Mm-hmm. And when they tried to put the goo in Davin, and then he remember they have him in that base on Arkin, and oh yeah, and all the goo like repels from Gavin, right? It Davin. just yeah. like shoots out from around him. It was like that, but out of Sabine. Yeah, disturbing. Yeah. So they do. They pull a Pulp Fiction on her and stab her with a stimulant, adrenaline. <laughs> and this yeah. was the part that I found humorous where. She sees Davin. She's like, hi. And Dutch is like, she comes in, hi, bam. <laughs> that made me laugh so hard. Was that like, was pretty good. What? Now she's regular unconscious. I can work with that. <laughs> so at least there were these moments of humor into what later became, you know, a really dark episode. So I appreciated that. And that humor that makes you feel a little bit guilty for thinking it's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she just punched a poor girl in the face. <laughs> Yes, poor sassy sandwich. Yeah, sandwich is not catching a break this episode. But then I was really disturbed by how much Dutch seemed to take pleasure in wanting to torture Sabine. I think they do at least address that, though, in the episode that yeah. 
it's it's just a manifestation of Dutch being so protective. I sort of like that they acknowledge that <laughs> Dutch is maybe a little bit worried that she's too protective. Yeah, and I she says like that, that to Johnny, and mm-hmm. and Johnny just kind of smiles because I think Johnny feels about it the way I feel about it, where. It can be problematic to be that protective over people, but it's one of those things, like, it's also, like, I appreciate that it's at least acknowledged as, like, it's a it's a gesture of love on Dutch's part, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the reason she's so protective is because she cares so much about them. And Yeah, and that was brought up by Sabine at the end of the episode, where she said to Dutch, why are you so attracted to the Jacobis? Because they feel so damn much. I don't know how I feel about all that. Well, I don't know how I feel about Sabine saying that Dutch is already halfway to being a six. I mean, does she mean literally? Has she been, you know, infused with a goo and we don't know it yet? Or does, does she no, just mean Sabine, emotionally? Sabine explicitly of- says that the what she means is that Klein was prepping her for the gooification process by mentally breaking her. But the thing is, I don't think Sabine's right. I mean, I think that is probably what Klein was doing to some extent, but I don't feel like it worked. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Cause yeah, yeah. The thing that we keep talking about is how compassionate Dutch is. That's like mm-hmm. a big thing with Dutch. But is that still Klein's motivation now, now that he's doing all these things to protect Dutch? It seems like everything he does is for Dutch. And he has such a soft spot for her. So maybe in the beginning, he used to be prepping her to be a six. But is that still his motivation? Or is he trying to protect her from the sixes and the black root? Well, we know that something has changed, though, right? Because Klein used to be the one in charge of the black root. But the black root's the one who came and tried to kidnap him. So what is his agenda now with Dutch and how it relates to turning her into a six or not? I mean, we still don't know. We never knew. That's, I, I think it's pretty clear, especially given the end of this episode, that that's what this season is leading to. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a revelation later this season is who is this double Dutch? What does she have to do with what is happening with Dutch now? What yeah. does she have to do with Klein and his relationship with Dutch? I, I feel like that's what's going to be revealed. Yeah, because that chrome cube was meant for Dutch. Although, if you're going to put a cube out in the middle of a snowy field, could you make it a little more conspicuous, Klein? I mean, <laughs> I know, maybe Dutch right? is the only one can get in there. It's like a biometric signature or something, but it's very obvious. It's pretty, but it's very obvious. Hide it in a cave or something. It made me think of the bean in Chicago. Uh huh. But going back to the plot of the episode, they end up taking Sassy Sandwich to Turin to actually interrogate her because. Turin's all, like, proud of this creepy interrogator named Creepy Phil. But then it turns out that Creepy Phil is also a six, and Sabine horrifically violently murders him. Garrets him to death and cuts his head off. But that was really interesting how Davin and Sabine used Turin's, like... Yeah, the interrogation glasses. Interrogation glasses and made it into a conduit link hot tub somehow to download all the identities of the sixes. Just more excuses for Davin to not be wearing a shirt. Exactly. And now Lucy has a hot tub. Yay. Hopefully they can repurpose that thing. But <laughs> For what, Annie? I don't know. Sexy times with... <laughs> Between know. who, Annie? Well, maybe Hunky Monk will come on the, you know, Lucy again, and they could just hang out in the tub with Dutch. 
It seems a waste to just leave it there unused. Anyway, while they're getting all the identities of the sixes, it turns out Sabine hijacks the green goo to get this vision of the chrome cube. I think I thought that was a little disturbing how she just kind of used it for her own purposes. And in my opinion, really could have hurt Devin because he comes back all bloodied. I was like, what if she fried his brain or something? I don't know. I'm, I'm still unclear as to why Sabine was trying to go there. Yeah. How did Sabine know about it in the first place? Yeah. I don't know. But so it leads to Dutch and Johnny, now that they've got IDs on the sixes, trying to identify them and mark them in Old Town. And we get this awesome hair and makeup there and costume wardrobe, I thought. And like to go with it, then they had the musical choice later because she, she goes to search Sabine's room to try and find clues and encounters a black root agent. Of course, like a fight scene ensues and yeah. this music <laughs> choice comes up and it's like straight out of a 70s, <laughs> 70s movie yeah. to go with like the hair and outfit. <laughs> I know. It was kind of great. And I love how fortunate, you know, I was a little nervous for Dutch, but then she's got the little, the thing that she the can dreadnought. use to kill. Yeah. The dreadnought. And, uh, you know, takes down the black root agent. I was like, phew. But, you know, that outfit is really useful because where is everything? It's stored in the boots, those awesome boots. Which makes me think of the Resident Evil movies. <laughs> she ever needed anything. It was always in her boots because where else would she put it? <laughs> Uh, put a dreadnought, put a knife, spare underwear. You never know what you'll need. It's in the boots. Spare underwear. Interesting. Well, you know. Now we know what Annie would put in her boots. You need them <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> what do you always need? Clean underwear. That actually takes us back to a, a crucial bit of information that we get from Sassy Sandwich after she beheads that guy. And Dutch calls her Betty Beheady, which... It makes me so happy for some reason. But that the way to kill a six is instant brain death, which is actually the same thing we hear about the nanites from season one, which it's true. Yeah. I don't know. It seems like we're increasingly getting parallels between the nanites and the goo or the green, yeah. as they keep calling it. Like, does one go into the making of the other? Because we still don't exactly know how the green goo is engineered, right? Or if it's engineered. Hmm. We don't we don't know much about the green. Could be a combination of mossipedes and nanites that was engineered. But we don't know that the green comes from mossipedes. No, oh, that's true. We don't know what that relationship is between the mossipedes and the green. Anyway, then Johnny takes off from there because he goes to get a warrant taken out on... Well, he has Potter take out a warrant on Senbeck. And then he goes to Bellish to take that warrant, which was reserved for him. And Bellish, bless her, is like, Johnny Jacoby, something is going on. Yeah. And, you know, they deserve better from you. Exactly. Thank she you, is Bellish. so good at calling the team out when they're being sneaky or dishonest, even with themselves. So that's what she's so good at. I love her for it. Very no nonsense. Yep. Again, like, it's so obvious that he's going to get himself in trouble, right? Yeah. And he does, because he goes and he breaks into Spring Hill. Well, he sneaks into Spring Hill and then breaks into Jelko's office. And I'm like, Johnny, you're making me nervous. This is not going to end up well. Because as, as, 
I can't remember if it's the character's name or if it's the species, but Mon Calamari <laughs> says, it's a trap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so, of course, he gets himself captured and placed in like this really kind of awesome looking cage. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry, Johnny, but it's a cool cage. That was my thought. Are they going to let him out for a potty break? (laughs) (laughs) There's a bucket in the corner. I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, he's in trouble. And so obviously all his don't tell Dutcher Davin is all for naught because now they're going to have to know so that they can go rescue him. But contrasted with that, when Dutch came back to the ship and she's like, where's Sabine? And she says to Davin, no, you didn't. And he says to her, my loyalty is to the team first. Don't ever question that. Oh, and then she gives him a tight, squeezy hug. And I it know. makes me really happy. Yeah. Because Dutch she, is a hugger. Yeah, because she acknowledges that even though at the beginning of the episode, she was wanting to get information out of Sabine. And Davin says to her, you know, you haven't woken up with all those tubes in you pumping that green goo in there. He's like, you haven't been through the experience that I have. So I like that they had that, you know, hug and that she could kind of understand it because he was really struggling with this revelation of Sabine as a six and with, I like that whole scene where she was telling him, I just, you know, want to feel one last thing or have more control over what happens before I die. So, you know, I, that's why I really like Luke's performance because he was just so anguished, but Luke, you know, Luke did it so well, he does anguish well. So we see what he's going through contrasted with what Johnny's going through where he's trying to, he's got a new girlfriend and Potter and he's trying to help Old Town and that's his motivation but at the same time he's keeping a it a secret from his team and now it's just gone all foobard so uh, it made it for some stressful watching for me but going back to Davin and Sabine I really like how they are able to convey that there's a lot of sort of conflicted emotions there right because mm-hmm. She betrayed him. She she betrayed them all. And I I feel like they're never really ignoring that, but at the same time being very compassionate about what she's been through. Yeah. Because I, I feel like they they did maybe perhaps emphasize it even too much a little bit, but the fact that this is something that both Davin and Dutch can relate to, right? Mm-hmm. Because what happened to Sabine, and and they do stress this a lot, is what Dutch has been groomed for, right? Mm-hmm. To be turned into a six. Davin, of course, can relate because of what the military did to him. I, I like that there's that element of compassion to this, even though, you know, knowing that it's probably going to end up with them having to kill her, that it's like, well, that doesn't mean that we can't treat her compassionately, you know, while we're still getting everything sorted out. I I just, I appreciate that about the show. Yeah. Yeah. End of this episode. Big question remaining. Who is Anila? Is Dutch right about her being who we've been calling double Dutch? That would be really disturbing. You have to take a hit out on yourself, but is that other self a six or? I mean, she'd almost certainly have to be. If she was alive 200 years ago with Klein. But then where did the Dutch we know come from? My brain still keeps saying clone, but I don't know. Yeah. I just like how this season is building up where we have a mystery at the beginning with Double Dutch, and now we have to work backwards and figure out where she comes from. But I personally like how this season is shaping up with figuring out that mystery in reverse. 
Although, like, is it really in reverse? Because it's still a mystery. Like, here's this other thing, but now we have to figure out who that is. Like, that's just a mystery. Yeah, I think I just meant that the big reveal was at the beginning of the season as opposed oh, to the end. Yeah. Sure. Like it was last season. Although, I mean, it's still going to be a big reveal when we find out who she is. I think... Yeah. 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 I mean, it's it's a fair point in that we have more more information available to us already, so we're speculating in perhaps a different way than we were in the first season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just because there's, there's context for it now, I feel like. But although, granted, I don't think there's been any hint of clones so far. So I might just be like... Thinking it's too our hard on black talking. That, yeah. But it could be. It could be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe it'll be more of an alias instead and it'll be like it's Dutch's mother or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Which I've also already mentioned, but mention it again. Oh, I missed that. Okay. If I if I throw out enough possibilities, one of them might be right. Because Chris <laughs> is always right, so she'll be right eventually, dang it. If I just say every possible <laughs> yeah. possible solution to it. One of them will be right. <laughs> We'd love to hear your thoughts about this episode of Killjoys. You can send them to killjoys at askgenretv.com. We love getting voice messages, which you can send to us in a couple of ways. Record a voice memo on your smartphone and email it to us. Or call our listener voicemail line at 972-514-7223. Follow us on Twitter or Tumblr at Killjoys Podcast. We often live tweet during both East and West Coast airings of Killjoys in the U.S. and Canada. The Quad is part of the Ask Genre TV family of podcasts. To find our other podcasts about Orphan Black and Lost Girl and some other shows, you can visit our website at AskGenreTV.com. Thanks for listening. See you in the Quad.